Welcome everyone to the Ideas Club's podcast. We, the Ideas Club, stand for inclusion, diversity, empathy, and awareness. Therefore, the name Ideas. We are based in the John F. Kennedy School in the wonderful city of Berlin, Germany. You might know us as the Diversity Club. Though we have a magazine called the Ideas Journal, we want to spread the message beyond paper. And since no other school club has done this kind of thing, the podcast before, we thought, why not be the first? So this is it. This is the Ideas Club podcast. Hope you enjoy. Our first topic for our first podcast will be identity. What better way to start a podcast with identity? Who am I? So that's what we'll be talking about. But more to that now. Our identities define us as individuals and establish our place in our social communities. They are our first impressions and dictate most every decision we make in our lives. In a world embroiled by conflicts of clashing identities, with discrimination and stereotyping making lives miserable, it's crucial to be curious about the essence of what makes us human, our identity. In trying to navigate our conflicts both internally and in a global context, it's important to be introspective about who we are and how we are perceived. So how are our identities shaped? What stereotypes do we uphold or refute when introduced to someone new? How can we define our identities if these very identities define us? In recent years, there has been an outburst of curiosity about identity and the confines of it. People have been able to change parts of their identity to feel more like themselves. Gender, sexuality, religion, to name a few, have become more malleable. Social media, medical advances, and more accepting attitudes have opened opportunities to change our identities so we can feel more comfortable in our own skin. How does our community respond to this? How do changing identities create division and distrust? At the same time, how does the malleability in the modern era empower us? These questions are tangled and complex. In this, our inaugural podcast, the Ideas Club wants to dig into these complexities and begin to untangle our vast web of identities. I think when I think about my identity, I feel uncomfortable talking about it because I've never suffered necessarily because of my identity and I know that so many people have um and as an example I'm American Italian and the town that I'm from that my family is from in Italy is tiny 500 people live there half of the people share my last name I don't speak Italian and we go there most vacations um it's very nice it's quiet there's no service you're like out there on your own and it's beautiful to be there for two weeks at a time but the older I got the more I realized that the friends I made one girl can speak English and she's great at it but not many people can that they dropped out of school when they were 15 because they didn't like it or 
that they stayed in that town forever because it was a service to their family or because they didn't have the money to get out. And that bothers me because I go there for a vacation and they don't have the opportunity that I have. I have a plan for my life. I want to go to college. I grow up in Germany, which is like, I have so much opportunity. I have great friends that I can talk to. I feel comfortable in my family. Um, and I don't feel the repercussions of living in this small town and feeling trapped. And I felt like the resentment from those kids when they saw me like, oh, there's Lena, like coming from her trip to New York or like Berlin. Um, and I feel guilty for that. And I feel sorry. And I feel a great sense of responsibility to do something with my privilege which I feel very uncomfortable with. Well, struggling with identity is kind of, I guess, kind of what makes up huge parts of my personality because I am, I am Jewish, but I don't connect with Jewish culture or Jewish tradition. But at the same time, I am Jewish, so I don't understand a different way of life. I don't understand when, for instance, some things, when you're Jewish and you have a Jewish mother and you grew, grow up going to synagogue and you grow up celebrating Shabbat, there are certain aspects of that which other people just don't understand. And that's not bashing anyone else's religion or kind of them as people or their willingness or ability to understand. It's more like you grow up a certain way and you can't imagine it being different. So it's hard to have that difference where you feel a part of something, yet you also don't. For instance, I have a lot of Jewish friends and most of my family who have had batter by mitzvahs, which I haven't. I haven't had, I haven't had a batter by mitzvah, and I've not, I've never had that want or that need to have it, even though it's been a long and endless fight with my mom and my grandmother and kind of my Jewish relatives, because that's kind of something that it's a rite of passage and a rite of way and it's kind of you accepting your Jewishness and integrating yourself into Jewish culture. A part of my identity that I've struggled with would be nationality. It hasn't been like inherently difficult or caused me any palpable hardship, but it's been confusing at best because um, when I moved here in 2008 I quickly grew to dislike Germans. Um, I found them rude and mean and that they they often kind of shoved me out of the way on the sidewalk or wherever so I promptly disliked them. Um, however despite going to a German-American school and being raised by my mom, who is American, as a single parent, 
uh, she has made comments that I don't act quite American or I don't have that particularly pronounced in the way I behave. So immediately the two passports that I hold don't seem to apply to my nationality. Um, recently I was having a conversation with one of my friends who's British and he said a word and asked me if German kids said it too. And my response was, I don't know. And he asked me, how do you not know? You live in Berlin, you're surrounded by Germans. And I said, well, I only really talk to people from school, German-American school. Basically, all of my friends are American. Those who are German spend so much time with Americans that that culture is very pronounced. So I, I very clearly don't associate with Germans. Um, and I've grown to... or. The longer I've lived in Germany, the more I've grown to relate with Europe as a whole. I don't know that I feel comfortable exactly with any part of my identity, or I guess I feel comfortable with just saying just kind of basic facts about me that are pretty obvious, but I don't know that I'm comfortable with identifying what any of that means. and how it has shaped me as a person. I think that's a little bit too complex for me to understand at this point, and I think there's a lot I still need to experience to understand how very basic factors have impacted who I am. I guess I struggled with understanding how privileged I am, for example. I've really not had to deal with very much hardship, but I think that because I hadn't known much hardship, I couldn't understand how privileged I was. And I think the older I grow and the more experiences I see, the more I understand that growing up with the most lovely family and not having to worry about a lot of things gave me a childhood that really, really shaped me. And I'm not sure I understand all the ways having that changed me yet. Um, well, I just stand for gender equality. That doesn't mean that I believe in female supremacy. That is a completely wrong notion and something that people misunderstand at times as well. Um, I just want everyone to have the same chances and um, not to be perceived just through the lens of their genders or to be limited by the boundaries of um, prescribed sort of roles or stereotypes that come with those genders. Um, but often when I engage in conversation with individuals and talk about my activism, speak about feminism, I am faced with assertions that gender equality has already been achieved, maybe with additions that it's been achieved in the Western world or that feminists um, aren't truly active anymore, that feminism is something of the past. Um, and I think that those are misconceptions. Um, there are also notions or ideas that, well, people feel uncomfortable identifying as feminists because they say that they, are, um, they care just as much about African-Americans' rights, for instance. And I think that um, being a feminist and caring about civil rights aren't mutually exclusive. And I think that's something that has to be recognized. So um, that feminism is something that should be intersectional as well. 
Well, I'm comfortable identifying as a black or by more biracial American German European. I have a feeling I'm a very cosmopolitan person, even though sometimes people say, oh, your English sounds so German or your German sounds so American. But I feel like a very international person because I have so much in me. I have a my mother is Jamaican American. My father is German. Uh, I've been all around the world except Asia. But yeah, I just have so much. I, I don't want to say culture in me, but yeah, sort of I have a lot of stuff in me. Yeah, it's it's just great being a person of the world, being able to see or being able to see things and be like, yeah, I know that. I know that where other people are like, oh, yeah, uh, America, I'd love to go there. I'm like, yeah, I am American. It's just nice to feel part of the whole world, not only part of one thing, but feel part of many things. Alright, so after these wonderful interviews, we'll now proceed with the panel of six. Us six are going to talk about some of the issues, go further into depth. So, I just say we begin. So first, hello everyone. Hi. Hi. Alright, let's go. <laughs> um, I had mentioned earlier that as much as most of my friend group was white, and that's who I spent a lot of time with, that there was certainly... Uh, respect and connection with some of the biracial or black people at our school and one of those things that we definitely related on and that I know is different for me in comparison to my white friends is that there's a strong tendency for um, black parents especially at least stateside to tend towards being more strict and that I've related that often with some of my friends, uh, especially biracial friends of mine, will talk about how with whoever their white parent is, if they ask for, for something or they want to go do something, their white parent will usually say, yeah, sure, go for it. Whereas their black parent's like, uh, no. And I was wondering if you had experienced that as well. I think we're bonding. Yes, my, <laughs> my mother. No, my mother. I mean, my mom is black. Um, so she and also Jamaican. So, you know, you get the whole package. She's a wonderful human being. Don't get me wrong there. But she is a little bit stricter from um, from the from from her way of raising me than my father is, which is not bad. That's I'm happy about that. But yeah, there's something I have a feeling also that that the also all black people that I know or biracial people that I know who from the school too their parents, their black parent or their biracial parent has always been a little stricter in the way they they raise them or the, the ways that they have. I think it's just a different way of just a different culture, you know, which is not bad, but it's just a little bit of a different culture compared to white parents, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I know the way my mom has at least explained it is that for her, although she is objectively stricter than most of the white parents at our school at least that I know of she doesn't feel like she's actually being that strict because she's of course comparing it to or referencing her own childhood and she certainly didn't have a privileged childhood and so she's very much aware of the fact that what she's doing at least comparatively is 
fairly lenient and certainly easier than what she experienced but especially being biracial in a first world country uh surrounded mostly by white people who whose parents also had very privileged um childhoods or at least for the most part there's certainly a feeling that i have that it's just not quite fair if i want to do something that my friends want to do even if it's like perfectly normal it doesn't have to be something that's objectively risky but it'll be a case of my friends want to go someplace they ask their parents for the money to go do it and they're like yeah sure whatever and my mom's like you have money you pay for it yourself or if i'm short on money it's well you're babysitting soon so you'll just have to wait whereas i know that a lot of my friends they want to do something their parents enable that and so that's definitely a difference i'm not sure if it's good or bad maybe it's both uh but it's certainly a connection that i have especially with the biracial or black people at the school in comparison to my white friends i agree i mean my mother if, if i need any help with money or when i go out with friends that that's that's not as intense but what my mom always tells me is if we're in a group of people me and my white friends for example and um i don't know uh, something happens or if, if they do something dumb and i'm with them the people who 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 notice it will always pick out me because I'm the black one or I'm the one that's different because they're all like them, right? And you see, you see through that. They're sort of invisible. They're sort of blenders, right? And I'm the one that gets picked out for that. It's happened in class before, um, but I've, in, in school, I've, I've been picked out not very often, thank goodness, but it has happened. And that's why I think it's okay that my mom, I mean, sometimes it is a little bit unfair, but it is okay that she's strict in that sense because she can, she she tells me, you don't forget your heritage. Don't forget that at the end of the day, they'll see you as being black, not for being Joshua, but as being black, which is, I mean, it is to some extent true, to some extent not, but yeah, you know, that's why I sort of understand her strictness. Um, another point that was brought up by many of you was nationality and how you perceive that. Many of us are stuck between different different national backgrounds um, and feel uncomfortable to a certain extent about our cultural heritage. Um, personally, I'm half German and I have found myself negating my German background because of the repercussions of the Holocaust, Germany's history, um, other negative connotations that come with the notion of being German. I was in the UK just a couple of weeks ago and I was traveling with my Swedish passport, which I somehow feel more comfortable traveling around with. And the police officer asked me when I was going back and I said, well, I'm returning to Berlin on Saturday. And he, he was perplexed. He asked me, Berlin? And I asked him, yeah, what about it? And he said, you're, you're from Germany? I thought you were from a decent country. And I think that there are those negative connotations um, to what extent you guys feel the repercussions of that and um how has it sort of made you navigate how you identify i mean i understand how like your reluctance to kind of travel with a german passport and kind of the stigma that comes with that but then again on the flip side we have public health care we have um uh wh uh what is it called um uh rent um guaranteed rente 
um, we have Hatsfia, you know, like we have Germany now kind of after the whole like the Holocaust, Hitler and the DDR and now like Germany is in terms of like the the government is taking care of its citizens and I think that's I mean, yes, of course, our history is not nice, not in any possible way, but we have to some degree learned from our mistakes and we're now kind of trying to desperately trying to repay and try to better ourselves and that's that's a big difference from other countries i definitely see that point i also like um the latter thing you mentioned which was that germany is learning to deal with its past i think that um there's a sense that germans um do regret the history and are very open about that there are so many monuments um for the Holocaust, and I think it's great that we are talking about it, that we're not pushing it into the background and acknowledging it. And, you know, Russia, for instance, isn't dealing with all the mistakes made in the Soviet Union and publishing numbers and facts about that. Um, and so I've felt a lot more comfortable about it in recent years, actually, the more Germans I've met abroad. But at the same time, don't you think that others, individuals who are not German, um, still view Germans for that? background yeah and the thing is i have i have a sort of a problem with that for that other people see germans only for the nazism the the, the hitlerism yeah, everything yeah. that because there's so much more to german history i mean people shouldn't only view germans as the ex-nazis right they should see germany for 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 its 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 wonderful deeds that it's they should see him for goethe for schiller for so many more I mean, if you if you look at uh, if you look, for instance, at um, America, they haven't been complete angels either. I mean, their entire like country was built up on a genocide that they're still to a certain degree denying. And I mean, how are we more comfortable if you do have an American passport? Why are you more comfortable with kind of traveling that, even though it's a country that is still kind of living and feeding off of their like almost 800 years if not more of slavery and then segregation and Jim Crow and how how I mean of course yes the Holocaust is horrible and I'm saying that from like a Jewish perspective and I'm saying that yes of course all the like history and education that Germany is putting into their citizens to make sure that's not being repeated is important and very valid but my question to you guys is kind of why why feel embarrassed with traveling with a passport of a country that's trying to kind of repay for their history and their mistakes but being okay with traveling with a passport of a country who is still kind of refusing to do the same um yes please i mean i i don't necessarily share that feeling so i travel on my german passport just fine yeah and i mean we've mentioned the soviet union and america but i feel it important to point out that most developed countries yeah. have at one point or another committed some kind of oppression slavery or otherwise mistreated another group of people whether it be most prominently through colonialism, which I find especially poignant in your example from Heathrow. <laughs> um, that's a British person 
sort of stigmatizing Germany based on 13 years when the British Empire underwent 100 years of exploiting various different peoples all across the world. So I certainly find that hypocritical and I find it important to remember that although Germany's ugly side of its history is most prominent in all of our knowledge because it was arguably the most blatant all of the other histories that have tainted other nations are certainly important and I feel like at least Germany is trying to fix its mistake it brings it into its education system Germany is doing its best to avoid this kind of future event whereas many countries kind of ignore their past or they say yep this happened moving on so I don't personally have that problem with Germany because although it certainly happened I think Germany has done a very good job of trying to atone for that and do you think that then there's this useful shame actually that even if we do feel uncomfortable it's maybe productive and there's a reason we should think back to it and we shouldn't say that we can't move on but to a certain extent our past does need to be acknowledged i think i think so there's definitely value in acknowledging mistakes it's how we're how we learn and i think that germany being ashamed of that past should help it in future yeah and guarantee that something like that could never happen again in Germany, whereas I feel like if a country were to repress that past, there's certainly a danger of slipping back into that. In the spirit of just speaking about Judaism, the persecution of Jews, and just generally religion, um, another theme of our interviews before was religion itself and different aspects of that. Um, Okay, I personally have struggled with growing up I would say semi-religious. I know, Joshua, you and I did confirmation together. um, But I'm an atheist, and I knew I was an atheist when I did my confirmation. So I did it kind of as a service to my family, I guess, um, because they're pretty religious, and I didn't... It was kind of complicated, but I did it. And I guess at the end of the day, I'm glad I did it because I'm more educated about it. But I think that going into it, I very much was aware that I had a different opinion or just a different belief system than those around me. And I think I might have been too aggressive with kind of believing in my atheism as the only correct option, uh, which it isn't. So my parents gave me the choice um, of what church I wanted to join, whether I wanted to join a church. Um, and for the longest time I was going to without really being aware what that meant. Um, I don't think I ever believed in God. Um, but I did a Jugendweihe, which a lot of DDR people, um, did to kind of celebrate them coming of age and I did it for a friend a friend was doing it and I joined her uh, without knowing what it was really about Um, and there's this big ceremony at the end and you get like a paper saying that you're now of age or whatever but I never felt like I graduated like it was just more of a thing I did for a friend so I very much 
believe that I'm comfortable with me not being part of a religion. For us being six teenagers here in Berlin, does this discussion or this panel, is this different or similar to teenagers' discussions around the world? I mean, I think this discussion is almost certainly going to be different than if six other teenagers had this discussion, even if they were also from Berlin. I think that's part of being different people. Like, everyone has a different ex uh, experience, a different perspective. So if we change the people sitting in this room, whether it be they're from a different place, from a different family, or just very similar people, chances are the discussion's going to be different because people are different. So I think that irrespective of location, this conversation, the way it happened, wouldn't have happened with six other people. And that's, I think, a good thing. Like, people being different is certainly a benefit. Different perspectives help us solve problems. And it's, I think, a fact of life. I definitely agree. Um, and I would say that our perspectives, despite the fact that we have different national backgrounds, different religions, um, different ethnicities, that they're all somewhat similar because um, of the culture we've grown up in, um, this sort of international community in Berlin. And if you take someone from a different community in Berlin, that might be more, or that might diverge more from the views that we've expressed than someone living in an international community in a different country. Um, though we've clearly been shaped by Berlin and German culture as well. Um, so just adding on to what you said. Okay, I think it's also important to see that there are certainly similarities. I think part of growing up is questioning the things about yourself that you can't change and seeing how you change the things that you uh, can decide about. So, I mean, there's a quote from The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Um, you can't choose where you come from, but you can choose where you go from there. So I think um, the things that are kind of factual about us, a lot of those are somehow related. And I think that has to do with the international community of our school. But I think how we deal with them is pretty universal. What struck me most is how much similarities we had in the way we reflected upon our lives and the things that make us who we are. I think whenever you are thinking about it, you kind of feel like you're alone in struggling with your identity. But I guess today I realized that you're really not. What struck me most about participating in these discussions today is that it provided both a place or a reason for introspection, thinking about one's own heritage or how you identify personally, but it also allowed and fostered for comparison. So talking with other people about similar or different experiences and how those have affected both of you individually and how it affects your communication and interaction with other people. So what struck me most was despite the, our differences, despite our different religious backgrounds, um, ethnicities, nationalities, was that we were all struggling 
with our identities in a similar way. We were all somehow stuck between our different cultures and the way in which they may conflict um, and not go hand in hand with each other as smoothly as we might wish. Um, the way that we are perceived and the way we would like to be perceived and how those differ. And so I think that altogether, um, our, sim or our experiences were very similar. Before we end, I would like to take a quick moment and thank the FFS and Michael Johnson. Mr. Johnson generously offered us his time and one of his studios, so we were able to make this podcast. The FFS is a dubbing production company based in Munich and Berlin who dub an abundance of blockbuster Hollywood films. Thank you all for tuning in. We will be back soon with episode two of the podcast, our theme being gender. Check us out on Instagram, and if you can, get a hold of the Ideas Journal. It's just great. All right, I guess that's a wrap. See you all soon.